know, Gavin Floyd is a, you know, mediocre pitcher. He's not bad, but he's not good. And Aaron Sanchez can be great. That started yelling at me and saying, that run is going to count. That happened to me. Of Mickey Mantle, like, showing up umpires and flipping his bat after, like, base hits. Oh, it was, it was, it was phenomenal. I and welcome to Artificial Turf Wars, episode number four. I am your host, Greg Wisniewski. I am joined tonight by Josh Housem. Hello, Josh. Hello. And our good friend, Chris Sherwin. Chris. Gentlemen. We are entering the final days of spring training, more or less. Um, so we have uh, things coming together. So we're going to talk about Roberto Osuna, some things he said this week. Uh, Gavin Sanchez Gavin Sanchez versus Aaron Floyd. That's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> Uh, number one starter, Marcus Stroman. Uh, the Blue Jays apparently scaring players into retirement on a regular basis. Also being scared about a potential injury to Troy Tulowitzki. Um, Edwin Encarnacion, whether he'll be back or not. We are going to talk to Jamie Campbell of Sportsnet. And then we'll come back, uh, maybe have a listener question or two. Uh, a little chit-chat about, well, maybe a do-over. I don't know what it'll turn out. And then we'll do our usual thing. So... Allow us to begin with Roberto Osuna and the stunning revelation that he doesn't want to start baseball games. Are you stunned, Chris? I, I mean, I was a little surprised, um, but I, I think his reasoning, what I, I believe was his arm. He was worried about uh, his arm, like, wearing out, I suppose. So maybe he just enjoys it, too. I mean, you know, you get the thrill of, of being the closer, uh, this season, this past season, I mean, it's that had to be huge for him. But you know, he, he might just be that. looking out. Yeah, he did say that. Yeah, I mean, and but also the the arm is another is another big one. I mean, it, he wants to pitch as long as he can. If he's if he's afraid of blowing out his arm, then yeah, yeah. I, I think you sort of hit the nail on the head, though. I mean, he, you like you said, he mentioned his arm, but last year closing out all these wins with a full crowd must have been a huge adrenaline rush for him every single time. 20-year-old kid, everyone's standing on their feet every time you pitch. I, I could see how that could get a little bit addictive, right? It yeah. happened with Aroldis Chapman in Cincinnati when he first came up, too. He was the, you know, the lights-out closer, and he's like, I just want to stay here. I love this. I get the idea that he hasn't really chatted with, say, his agent about the other things that might be in the long-term plans uh, and how much it can affect your career earnings. I mean, it would be nice to have the next Mariano Rivera on our team. Don't get me wrong. It would be fantastic. But I would like a guy that's that young to at least take a crack at, at being in the starting rotation. Um, I think we'd all want him to start. But it, I, I wrote about this actually just yesterday, that we're recording this Thursday, on uh, Baseball Prospectus Toronto. It's You know, you really have to take into account what these guys want to do. Yeah, it's like because if he wants to to be a closer, and the team's like, no, 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 we want you starting, and he's out there, he's worried about his arm, he's not happy, he's not going to perform, right? True, true. I just uh, I look at a guy like Marcus Stroman, um, having him on the team, who obviously gets a thrill out of starting. You 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 kind of hope that he would that someone would talk to Osuna, not as a manager but even as a teammate and say, Hey man, there's a bunch of reasons that you should try this. And, and it, it can be a thrill, you know, it, it, 
it is an adrenaline rush on its own. But, I mean, ultimately, I guess only time will tell how they use him and then how he works out. But I think Josh nailed it too in his just his amazing article the other day. I really enjoyed that, Josh. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, you know, he he has it in his head, like with with the arm troubles and whatnot. He's going to be out there on the mound. You know, what if he's holding back? What if he doesn't? You know, what if what if there's certain uh, pitches and whatnot that uh, you know maybe affect his arm more, and he doesn't want to throw those pitches, and those pitches make him really good, and it's just like all these little things that we don't think about uh, when we view players as robots and say like, well, you know, this is an unbelievable talent. Just start. Like, why? Like, why doesn't he get this? Like, just start. It's like, well, he just he really doesn't want to. He's a human being, and he's a young human being as well. All right. On that note, which I think is is a good note. Um to move on is the two guys who really want to start uh, are both performing very, very well. Gavin Floyd and Aaron Sanchez, who I probably should name correctly when I talk about the two of them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Aaron Sanchez is is my favorite pitcher. Sorry. Aaron Floyd is my favorite pitcher. (laughs) He would be the best. Sanchez has done everything they've asked of him has has he not you know he's he's made the commitment in the offseason he's coming to camp he's used his pitches he's been working on the curveball he looks for all intents and purposes like a starter and then yeah. Gavin Floyd shows up <laughs> yeah that's it's it's got to be the worst for him because it's like everything he's had to do he's fixed his mechanics which we talked about in a previous episode He's throwing more strikes. He's built up his body for his endurance. So, you know, he's honed his curveball, change up. Uh, sorry, we're giving it to this guy who's thrown 30 innings the past four seasons. That's kind of insulting. I mean, it's not yet, no. but it seems like they're leaning that way for sure. I, I look at it and I think, you know, just about the human being argument you guys just made. I know Sanchez has been a dominant reliever up till now. But he looked – the other – there's two arguments going on in my head. One is, you <laughs> do you owe it to Sanchez because you're, you want to treat him – you want to reward him for everything he did right until he proves that it's not actually going to work? And then the second thing is, a decent Gavin Floyd is probably going to be decent. Aaron Sanchez could be excellent, and you're holding him back from that without even letting him try. So well, that's I, what it is. Yeah, that's exactly what I how I feel as well. Is that the ceiling is is there for Sanchez, whereas Floyd, it, it's like well, he could be a very good reliever, or we are just praying to the baseball gods that his arm doesn't fall off as a starter. I just I, I don't know how you can make that decision, and it seems like they're leading that way. I just what? I just I don't get it. And even just taking what you said further, and just sort of what what Greg just said, it's like. Even if his arm does stay healthy, which, like you said, you're kind of praying for that, and it seems like low odds, he's not that good. You know, Gavin Floyd is a you know mediocre pitcher. He's not bad, but he's not good. And Aaron Sanchez can be great. And if for them not, now we're also we're all talking like it's a done deal. It's definitely not a done deal. <laughs> you know, Aaron Sanchez pitched six and a third today and was dominant again. And Gibbons was like, oh, he looked real good. So, but. It, you know, it very well could be Aaron Sanchez gets the starter role. But if he doesn't, it just seems insane. Like, how are you not finding out what's there? 
Yeah, in- insane and unfair. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, because I, if he's in the if he's in the bullpen again this season, like, we might as well just kiss him being a starter goodbye. Maybe. Don't For make another me full sad. year. Well, of course, we still haven't addressed the issue of does Sanchez go to AAA if, if, that, if that's the way things shake out to start the season. We haven't quite got there, though that's been brought up in a couple of different outlets. I believe right here by, by Matt Gwynn uh, on, on uh, BP Toronto. Um, so we haven't got to that point yet with the actual team itself. Um, okay, that's enough depressing who are you going to choose? There, there is a definite choice, and it's uh, the shortest guy on the staff, and he's going to start the opening game of the season. And apparently, Josh, the math works out that he might start the home opener as well? Yeah, that's what they're saying, that it, it, there's a very good chance that because of the off day, he'll start game one and five, which I mean, if you're going to the pomp and circumstance of opening day against Boston – team won the division last year is there anybody you'd rather have on the mound than marcus stroman nope (laughs) (laughs) uh i've never it's been a long time since i've seen a pitcher want the ball as badly as marcus stroman every five days like if you told him to go every four days do you think he'd figure out a way to do it (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah height doesn't measure starts Ah! uh... (laughs) that's horrible that's like a dad joke (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think you've made it once on this podcast before. Did I? You stole it from me, and I don't even remember. That's, ooh, that's that's sad. how bad it was. Exactly. I, yeah, we, you repressed it. Locked it back out. Um, yeah, I had, obviously I have no problem with that. You get if Stroman gets thirty-five starts instead of thirty-four, I think the team's probably better off. So yeah. the team. Like- one second, you do have to worry about though, like if you want to have him go 34, 35, 36 starts, he still has a career high in innings of I think it's 140 or so. So you don't want him to get up in the 230 inning range and then potentially have postseason. So they'll probably have to ease him back, but at the beginning, I see definitely no harm with it. And this week, the Blue Jays just punished a bunch of pitcher, two pitchers into retirement after <laughs> after de- destroying the hopes and dreams of Meister Asturias a couple weeks ago. <laughs> so uh, Soriano and Brad Penny both retired. Um, now I heard a funny story about Brad Penny. Did you hear what he said to the umpire? No, no. So he's he's in a B squad game, and he's he's throwing and he's walking people. And he steps off the mound and he yells at the home plate ump, give me some strikes. I'm going to retire after this game. (laughs) Uh, Really? And the umpire is the only one who was paying attention to him. And he thought he was lying. Like he thought he was just trying to get him to help him out. (laughs) So he actually retired after the game. (laughs) (laughs) That's frustration. Oh, that's funny. Uh, there might be a lasting impact of Brad Penny's, like, three-week tenure as a Blue Jay, though. Did he teach somebody something? Yeah. Marco Estrada is learning a sinker from him. All right. <laughs> yeah. Which, when I spoke to Estrada, he told me, he's like, he understands that sinkers are not good for him because he's a four-seam guy. Everything spins backwards. But when he really needs a double play, eh, bust it out. So, who knows? <laughs> then maybe Brad Penny will be the greatest minor league signing for a guy who never plays a game. Uh, did Soriano make it to camp? Nope. Okay. 
That's what I thought. Is that weird? Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, Rafael Soriano signs minor league deal. I think he had a legit shot at making this bullpen if he showed up. And has these issues and decides, nah, not worth it. I'm done. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, yeah, that's... I, that is weird. I, I don't know if they, what other words for it. And not not like, oh, well, it's visa issues and I think I'll wait and I'll go play for somebody else. No, just like, I'm I'm done. Here's my retirement speech. Okay. Yep. <laughs> uh, thoughts on Soriano, Chris? Do you miss him? Did you, oh, terribly. Do, do you have to I unstitch <laughs> your, your custom jersey? <laughs> I had it ordered. No! <laughs> oh! I don't know what to do with my Meister's Terrace jersey. <laughs> uh, whatever you've been doing with it for the past three years. <laughs> Washing I'll send the it car. to Jonah Carey. He used to play for the Expos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Troy Tulitsky got hit on the hand by a pitch yesterday, uh, Wednesday? Wednesday. Wednesday. And, of course, anytime that happens and they leave the game, people leave the game. He, he we ran, what, halfway to first, I, I read? I didn't yeah. see it. He got like three quarters of the way up the line and then came off the field and people were like, oh no, <laughs> not too low now. Because, you know, this guy this guy whose bones break from Kevin Pilar's chin. So you never know. But he's okay. Just a little bruise. He's supposed to play tomorrow night, Friday night. So. I, I'm betting he doesn't play Friday night. I'm betting it's going to be one of those, oh, well, he's almost okay, but he's not quite okay. So we're just going to hold him back because it's spring training. Yeah, I yes. think you're probably right. Pl- please Saturday. do. Yes, please do. Like, I was a... holding my breath a little bit on Wednesday. You know how sometimes these bone bruises, they look just, you know, it's just a bruise. And then the next day, it's like, ah, oh, no, there's something else there. That's the Brett Laurie <laughs> <just>, flashback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't make me hate you, Bartolo Cologne. <laughs> <laughs> you're so roly-poly and friendly looking. <laughs> we wouldn't want a reason to hate you. <laughs> Um, and I guess our last sort of playing note that I've got on the list anyway is that Edwin Encarnacion is probably getting into a game this weekend after his oblique issue has, has eased. Does it ease? Does it heal? Does it... What, what do we say? Gone we'll go away? With, we'll, we'll go we'll with ease. Away. No, let's go with ease. I like ease. So, uh, Chris, do you think he's got enough time to be ready for opening day? Well, well, he's never ready for opening day. Right. <laughs> he's never ready for opening month, I should say. I like it because at the end of the season, everybody seems to forget how streaky Edwin Encarnacion is. <laughs> they they yeah, look and bring they bring it up every year. Every offseason, it is brought up. Well, just before the season, I find it's brought up. Be like, hey, remember that little problem he has? And then, yes, like, you know, by mid-season, it's like, oh, my God, he's the greatest player ever. Yeah, and at the end, you look back, it's like, wow, 41 home yeah. runs or 39 home runs, and he hardly like ever two struck months. out. And he, yeah, he did what? Yeah, oh, at the end, it's like, oh, this guy's one of the best hitters in baseball. In June, the last half of July, the first three weeks of August, and the last week of September. It's amazing. <laughs> Whatever he rakes, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We don't care. Edwin, don't stop being Edwin. <laughs> yeah. At least for one more year. But we'll if he's not ready for the season, as in actually ready, as not playing games. <laughs> okay. Uh, on, on last week's podcast, I mentioned that 
Andy Burns was a guy that might be in the mix because he's been playing so well this spring. He can play a lot of positions. And today, John Gibbons said, hey, Andy Burns probably going to get the spot. Okay, <laughs> can't go. So there you go. Well, that's we have have we really had a super utility guy who we weren't afraid to put at one of those positions in the last like three or four years you could have just said have we ever had one and it probably oh. would have been the same answer to the question okay. <laughs> i you know maybe i lapsed and i forgot to, maybe that's why i wanted them to sign sean figgins years ago when he had a really high he just retired too how perfect would that have been if he had signed with the jays and then retired <laughs> <laughs> come retire uh. from us but anyway, Andy Burns, guy can he rakes lefties, which is you know maybe fill in for Ryan Goins a day here or there, fan for Saunders and left. Yeah, he could be a useful guy on the bench for sure, for sure. Uh, all right, that brings you up to date. Hopefully, on the week's happenings, and uh, we didn't give you any scores because the scores are fake and do not matter. Oh, uh, we yeah. are going Remember. to go now and talk to Jamie Campbell of Sportsnet, and uh, we'll be right back with him after this. We are joined tonight once again by Jamie Campbell of Sportsnet. Welcome, Jamie. We have changed the name of the show, but I'm going to say welcome back anyway, as I said to our last guest. Um, always good to have you on. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. Thanks so much for having me tonight. Getting a little uh, little hyped up for the, the new season in 2016, I'm sure. Aren't we all, though? You know, aren't <laughs> we all tired of, you know, whatever semblance of winter we've had to endure and, and depending on where people are listening that could be a very very serious winter in the toronto area it wasn't much of one but uh you know given the way the season ended last year and given that this team is as good in my mind as when the season ended last year uh i cannot wait for things to get going so I, I did want to call back to that that season ending. I don't think we really got a chance to talk to you about actually working the playoff games and, and the playoff as, atmosphere. So, just generally, what was it like having all of the extra, you know, extra people and extra media in the building for you guys to do your job? Uh, it didn't impact me that much because I knew when the postseason rolled into town that the number of uh, members of the attending media would expand greatly, especially those from the United States, and, and I was prepared for it. Any any conversations I needed to have with any members of the team, I made sure I went in early and had privately, and then I left, you know, the assembly to do what they were going to do. Um, it was such a joy for me to be able to go to the ballpark every day uh, because I invest myself so much and have since I was a kid in, in what this team does on the field so it was easy yet again to be a fan uh, without really displaying it too much uh, on air admittedly um, and and the joys that everybody else got to experience by watching were were experienced by me as well from our perch in the uh, in the broadcast booth it was it was so enjoyable it was so upsetting when they lost it was so upsetting the way they lost in that sixth game where they could have very easily scored, you know, quite possibly the go-ahead run as much as the tying run in Kansas City. Uh, but what a wonderful run and so long overdue for so many people who have waited for that kind of experience. Now, yeah, they, as you mentioned, that experience was great. We we all loved it. And 
there were a lot of people watching it. How has that affected the plans for this year? I mean, is there more content? Is there more demands on your time specifically? There were more demands on my time in the offseason. That's for sure. Um, I, I don't think much is going to change. Um, with respect to the actual broadcast when we begin on April the 3rd uh, or April the 1st, if you're counting the games in Montreal, um, because I think people were generally satisfied with, with what they were watching all of last year, including you know the first three months of the season when things weren't going as well as they did in the final three months of the year. Um, the, the change I'm obviously most excited about, and believe me, this takes nothing away from Buck Martinez, who I admire greatly, but I am thrilled to know that for 30 games this year, we get to listen to Dan Shulman because, you know, I think he is, aside from Vin Scully, unparalleled in the field of baseball play by play. And, uh, this might, you know, you guys probably agree with me when I say this. There are, are, are likely many, many Blue Jay fans out there of a certain vintage, and I mean a very young vintage, who have never experienced Dan Shulman, who maybe don't watch Sunday Night Baseball, um, who weren't around when he was the voice of the Blue Jays on television for so many years, and they're going to be pleasantly, pleasantly thrilled with what they're hearing. So uh, I'm really happy to know that he's going to be on board. Yeah, well, they're they're definitely in for a treat. <laughs> and you've apparently read our notes about things to ask you about in 2016. <laughs> it was on our list. Oh, really? Well, sorry to jump on that one, but with respect, you know, with respect to changes, I do know this. I do know our show, Blue Jay Central, has a. Um, <laughs> I mean, not that this means anything to anybody, but there is a a greater a greater amount of of sponsorship this year. I think people are climbing on board for obvious reasons. They want to get their name attached to Blue Jays baseball. And that's good news, right? That's certainly good news for the network, but but good news for for the health of the game and the health of this team in this city as far as I'm concerned. Um, there are little things that we're, we're trying to establish um, from a broadcast perspective, but they'll be so subtle that uh, um, and some of them aren't even finalized. I know we're only but less than two weeks from opening day. There are some things that aren't even finalized yet that we're looking over and considering. So, um, obviously, Showman's arrival is the big one in that respect. Last year, you had mentioned there might be some analytic stuff, and you had some fun stories with any with some of the prospects. I believe Jeff Hoffman was one of the ones you told us you were particularly happy with. Obviously, he's not here anymore. But farewell, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> and that's okay, right? That came in. Yeah. Um, is there anything like that this year, or is it sort of just there's so much focus on the major league team and what's going on? They just want you to do what you did so well. Well, um, there there are a couple of things that are in the air right now, and and I I have not been given confirmation that they're going to be part of the program. If you can believe that, um, I, I don't know if I want to comment on on what they are just yet, simply because they're still in the works. There is there is. Um, I, I can say this: Jonah Carey reached out to me during the winter meetings in Nashville. Huh. Um, friend of the podcast. Some, what's that? I said he's a friend of the podcast. <laughs> yes, he is. Yes, he is. And, and I would love to see him involved somehow. Um, and and that's been broached, uh, and and he's been contacted. And and you know the last you know it's 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 obviously not my decision as as much as I would love that it would be. It has to pass through the hands of 
of some executives at Sportsnet. So that's certainly something that has been broached. And I think the whole idea with Jonah and, and, and quite possibly some other names to be included out there is to, is to expand at least the conversation with respect to analytics uh, because it's such um, a fascinating and critical component of, of modern-day baseball. I mean, let's be honest, the, the times have changed. We don't rely on, on the back of people's baseball cards anymore as much as the old guard uh, stresses the importance of them. Um, so it's, it's important in, in my estimation to uh, evolve the way the game seems to be evolving. So there are some things that, that are being discussed, but at this point, um, nothing's been rubber stamped to the point where I could uh, I could say yes, this is going to be a weekly feature. Now I've noticed that in some ways uh, the Sportsnet sort of broadcast is very with the pitch tracks box and, and with that kind of thing being on the screen all the time. Um, they're very immediate about some of the information you get, where a lot of other broadcasts I watch on MLB TV are kind of um, sort of shy to do that. Um, and I could see last year they were trying to be more effective about talking about, you know, putting up their pitch mixes and, um, you know, uh, pitcher arsenals and home run mm-hmm. distances and all that kind of stuff. Do you think that in general that's where the where the broadcast of the game can be enhanced? Or, or do you think that there's another way to tell the story as well? Because, um, I mean, there's also the, will there be somebody in the dugout every half inning like ESPN does? All these kind of right. things. From your own, for your own flavor of watching the game, what do you get the most out of? Um, I, I'm one who who, who likes a, a broadcast that is uh, informative, without you know walking all over what I'm trying to absorb. Uh, if that makes any sense, um, I, I I think Buck and Pat do a wonderful job, uh, but I think there would be room on occasion for somebody who you know might know a certain aspect of the game better than they may and 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 maybe an analytical guess from time to time graphically i don't really comment on on the graphics of the program and the way they present statistical information just because it's really not my um Mm -hmm. my area of responsibility Uh, my focus is is almost entirely on blue jay central and once once the game broadcast is underway, it's it's entirely out of my hands. I have no influence on what happens on the game broadcast. Um, but I, I think you know, TV broadcasting is a is a funny thing, especially with respect to baseball, because there is so much. You know, you think about it. Baseball provides us more information on so many levels than probably any sport out there. Uh, and and. And how much of it do you utilize in any one broadcast? And how much of it do you, you know, for lack of a better way of saying it, jam it down people's throats? And, and I must admit, I'm, I'm one of those guys who loves a clean, crisp broadcast that allows me to enjoy the game without being interrupted too often. If you've got pertinent information, bring it. And if you can present it in a really interesting way, do so. Uh, but otherwise, I'm, I'm like you guys. You know, I know enough about the game that uh, that I don't need you to impress me too much with what you can present beyond the game itself. I, I think it's interesting because a lot of times you come back and, and Zahn will go over something that he perceives as a mistake um, or highlight a particularly good play, um, you know, in one aspect. I, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm curious 
like you were saying, is there room for more than Greg Zahn's angle on things? Because from a from an analytical standpoint, I think Zahn is great looking at how you do X as a player, how you you know frame a pitch right. or how you block a ball, um, that kind of thing. But th- there's also you know we like you said, there's all this other information about uh, about how effective players are at. Um, at things that we're learning more and more about all the time. So it was just, it was something mm-hmm. interesting. I, you know, wonder where you stood on that. You know, it's funny. Greg and I are committed to two uh, very short segments in the middle of every game, fourth inning and eighth inning. And it's done that way. You know, I'm not even sure why it's done that way. I think in many cases it's done to appease <laughs> a sponsor, but it's also to get him involved in the broadcast somehow, some way. And it's always scheduled for the, for the middle of the fourth and uh, I believe the end of the eighth inning or middle of the eighth inning. It's been so long since I've done a broadcast. I can't even remember that. But, um, you know, there are times, and and I'm sure you guys have watched some of these games, where a game is underway and there is really nothing interesting about that game. I mean, we've seen a few of them, right? And and there are times when, when I'll say to Greg, hey, Greg, we're, you know, we're an inning and a half away or an inning away from that fourth inning update. What do you have for me? Like, what what do you see here? What what can we discuss? What can we analyze? And there are occasions when he, he'll look at me and say, I got nothing. Like, there's nothing. I have seen nothing that requires any opinion of mine. And, and we don't, unfortunately, have the freedom to dip in and dip out when we choose, when we... Um, when that would be a great segment. I just like to say, which w- it would be really, fantastic would be, one time. You know time. what? <laughs> well, you know what? It happened one time last year. You know what? It happened. It happened in seventh inning of Game Five of the ALDS <laughs> when Russ Martin threw that ball back and it hit Shinsu Chu's bat, and Greg immediately rose to his feet. Um, not no one at home would have seen this, but he he rose to his feet and started yelling at me and saying. That run is going to count. That happened to me. And he kept repeating it to me. And I said, I said, you know what, Greg? We got to get you on the air as soon as we can because, I mean, yeah. there are going to be a lot of people watching this that are totally confused with the rule on that one. And as you guys saw, everybody, including the umpire, was confused by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got the call and wrong. He got the call wrong. And, and somewhere within the first four minutes of that thing happening, they were able to squeeze Greg and I on for I think 45 seconds and Greg came on and said folks I hate to break this to you but that run for the Texas Rangers when they figured this all out is going to count because that's a you know that's a live ball and Odura was right to score and that's eventually what happened and I thought wow it would be great if we had the freedom for Greg to be able to break in at any time like like that situation but that's the one and only time we did it all year huh that's very cool I mean, you can obviously understand logistically why that might be tough for them to do just because of sponsors, commercials, and everything. But they still need to do and commercials and, time. Yeah, and, and what's called master control at any network, right? The people that, that push the signal out to the rest of the country have to be – they have to have some kind of a rigid schedule to know yeah. when they're going to commercial or when they're coming to the live studio and that kind of thing. And to just, to just arbitrarily say, hey, in, in – you know, after the next out, we want to go on for 30 seconds. It's very difficult to do in network television. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that makes sense. So now, now we're going to stop putting you on the spot with all the broadcast minutiae. <laughs> you, you know I'm quite all right with it, eh? Yeah, I know. But just, you know, <laughs> we're going to talk about some of the, the team stuff with you for a bit, too. So Excellent. obviously, like, 
last year was awesome. This year, potential to be awesome again. Do you find it a little strange how much people are talking about what happens after this season? I mean, obviously, you know, Batista and Gunnison on their important parts, but do you think it's kind of being overdone a bit? Yes, I do. Thank you for saying that. I absolutely do. Uh, I'm, I'm getting a little irritated by it. At times. <laughs> you know, because because of this. Do you, I mean, we care, okay? We care about the 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 future of Jose Bautista and Edwin Encarnacion. Of course, we would love to see both players finish their careers with the organization. I'm not convinced uh, both of them are. I, I would like to think one would. Um, but, I mean, we haven't even thrown a pitch in a regular season game in a year in which the Blue Jays are quite simply one of the best teams in baseball, and we know this. And I am so sick and tired of hearing people go on and on about the fact that, you know, Bautista should have a five-year deal at, a, at an astronomical amount of money, and, and somebody better get Edwin Encarnacion on a contract before opening day or he's going to go on the market. I'm tired of hearing it. In some cases, I believe it, it's due to the fact that spring training is way too long, and, and the media, as we know it, runs out of things to talk about, although this spring they should not have because there are so many different storylines that it just gets raised all the time and somebody wants to go and saddle up Dan Carnacion and find out what he's thinking, and then suddenly it's a story again. It kind of bothers me because, you know, I know in Carnacion's case he's suggested that he'd like to have something done by opening day or he's going to wait and test the free agent market, but really... Do you not think if the Blue Jays reached out midseason to his agent and said, hey, look, we want him, and here's what we're prepared to offer, and the agent looked at it and said, this is a fantastic deal, they still couldn't consummate some <laughs> kind of a contract agreement midseason? I firmly believe they could. You know, So I don't think it's going to be a distraction. I hate that word. I think it's overused in the media. And I think both players will go about their business and, frankly, go out there and try and have – career years to prove that they um you know they are are warranted in asking for gigantic contracts uh, and i firmly believe that the blue jays are going to sit and wait and uh and try and get in on things when the season ends i'm, I'm not convinced either one of those players is going to get the offer they're looking for at any time during the season so um i i, I kind of wish people would would leave it alone and focus on what's really important and that is the Blue Jays of 2016 trying to get back into the postseason. You're here. So, speaking of those 2016 Jays, are there any specific on-field stories that you're, or not say stories, players, battles, jobs that you're specifically looking forward to seeing, aside from just the Jays being good? Well, I'm really interested to see how Kevin Pillar fail, uh, 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 performs as a leadoff man. Uh, I... I you know, with this lineup, a lot of people are making a big deal about how he's not hes not statistically right for the job. And, and I would say, well, you know, <laughs> with this team, does it really matter? I mean, I'd love to see the, the Blue Jays have a legitimate leadoff guy in their lineup, but they just don't. Uh, they just until, don't. Until June. I mean, yeah, yeah. It may be June. It could be longer, depending on how things go. But um, that's kind of an intriguing story. I'm really, really... Um, intrigued to see what Troy Tulowitzki is going to do in a full season with his new team, because I just don't think we saw the best of him uh, for the, you know, 
two months and two weeks that we did see him, um, simply because I know that that uh, we now know that that move took him by surprise. It, it irritated him quite a bit. It was not something that he he may have expected a move, but he wasn't expecting it the way it went down. And you know he's he's been a superstar in this game for some time. And and you know I always used to worry about oh boy. Boy, when the Blue Jays acquire Scott Rowland, I really hope he likes being here. And, and I don't give a rat's tail here about that kind of thing anymore. You're in the big leagues, man. You're making a lot of money. <laughs> You're playing in one of the great cities in the world, in one of the greatest countries in the world. Suck it up and like it. And, and Tulowitzki seemed to. Uh, and I just think it'll be really neat to watch him every day and watch him now get comfortable with, with American League pitching. So admittedly, you know, despite all – this really interesting stuff ha- happening at the back end of the, the rotation. I'm, I'm really interested to see what it is Troy Tulowitzki can do for an entire season for the Blue Jays. And we hope that season starts on time now that he has a bit of a bruise on his hand. Um, yeah, it doesn't sound like it's that serious. So uh, Fingers let, let's, are crossed. Let's <laughs> but not his. bruised, knuckled no. fingers crossed on that one. <laughs> So um, before we let you go, I was going to ask you, is there a memory from last season or, or something fun that you could relate to us um, maybe that we, we haven't heard about um, that, that you, you know, hold close to your heart from, from last year? I, I will give you a couple of them. I will miss Mark Burley for a couple of reasons. One, I love two-hour games. Two, <laughs> Who his dad had a habit whenever he was in town and Mark was pitching of coming up to our set and watching the game with us because he knew, I think I wouldn't talk his ear off and, and he just wanted a place to go where he could concentrate on the game. And I think sometimes he sat in the family section and, and made maybe too many people bothered him because <laughs> he and Mark look exactly alike. And he used to wander up and sit with us for innings at a time and occasionally would say something. And I loved that. I loved having, having Papa Burley around, so I'll miss him. Um, I, I, I will admit this, and you guys know this, I mean, I love this team, and I don't show it on the air, but you'll, if you ever came around the set during a game and, and the Blue Jays were trailing by a run going into the, the ninth inning and they hit some kind of a walk-off, you'll know by my reaction how much uh, them being successful means to you. There's a really cool picture in the Sportsnet year-end magazine from behind Jose Bautista when he's doing his bat flip. And when I say behind, from right behind him looking down the left field line. And if you look close enough, you'll see a guy in a really nice suit jumping about four and a half or five feet in the air doing what I would like to call the Pete Townsend scissor kick. And that would be me going out (laughs) of my flipping mind when he knocked that one out on Sam Dyson. So um, if you have that issue hanging around somewhere, take a look. You might be able to see me in the background, but uh, it'll give you a very clear indication of uh, of how I react whenever this team does well. I would say that would be the, the best hidden freakout in plain sight ever. Because <laughs> <laughs> Nobody was looking is, your I'm, way. I'm guessing the best part is I'm guessing there are thousands of people who did exactly the same thing at exactly the same time. Oh, I was just going to say, I, 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 you probably weren't even halfway high as high jumping as half the people in the stands. <laughs> yeah. I was oh. doing that. I, I, I was there and I, I didn't even see where the ball landed. <laughs> I, just, I just knew it was gone. I was jumping in excitement, but we are now going to find this photo just so we can see this. Cause this is amazing. 
So, Sportsnet Magazine, folks, we'll, uh, we'll do a plug for that. And we'll do a plug for your Twitter, if you would like, Jamie. Where can people find you to follow you? They can do so at S-N-E-T, S-Net Campbell. Um, climb on board, and let's, uh, let's look forward to a really good season. If you're really lucky and you're one of, like, 100 people, Jamie might follow you back. Um <laughs> <laughs> I don't, All right. I don't wish to be mean to friends, but sometimes I stop following friends because I only want baseball information funneled through. I don't want to hear about <laughs> your kids' uh, outings at the mall. There you <laughs> go. A dedicated uh, Twitter follow backer. Um, we appreciate you coming on, Jamie. Of course, everyone is going to see you on Blue Jays Central and during Blue Jays games on Sportsnet this year. Um, thanks for dropping by, and we will hopefully talk to you again sometime during the season. Awesome. I look forward to it. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Take it easy. And we are back after a chat with the always interesting Jamie Campbell. So... He was great, as usual. Yeah. It's it's too bad that he has to, you know, do this job where he's got to be the straight man in the booth and be – because he's such a fan, and you, you can really get his personality when he talks about the team. It is a lot of fun to do. Absolutely. Um, so we are going to start, I guess, with our listener questions in the back half of the show here. And uh, question number one is from Ryan Chwedchuk at yep. Ryan Chwedchuk. Uh, to to do how bad does that Chavez trade look now? Overpaid by a lot so early in the off season. Overpaid, as in yes. like they paid a lot in in the trade, giving up Hendricks. No, I get it. I'm just I. You don't think <laughs> it was an overpay? response because I don't feel like it was an overpay. Yeah, I don't think it looks bad. And if you want to say that any of them looked bad, you could say that the half one looks bad because they don't. You know, they have all these battles for this one spot, whereas they could have used that $12 million a season somewhere else. But even then, like Chavez is a swing man, which Hendricks was not. He could not pitch out of the rotation. And, you know, Jesse Chavez has shown the ability to go from the bullpen to the rotation fast in a season, which is exactly what you need. And, they, and they've built the bullpen during the offseason. So, I mean, like that, that was an issue. We were concerned about the bullpen. They traded away Hendricks and everybody freaked out, even though it was like, you know, the first week of the offseason. They've gone ahead and built the bullpen now, and Chavez is, is like you said, he's the swingman. So, no, I yeah. do not believe it was an overpay. Boom. Yeah, I think it was fine. Oh, this is a fun question. We've heard many unasked for opinions on the bat flip. So, which former player's opinion would you be interested in hearing? Ricky Henderson. <laughs> and this is from at Jay's girl Emily. Emily but, dash uh, pay the man. You know whose opinion I'd want to hear? Obviously, we can't do it. Mickey Mantle. Hmm. Because all these guys reference Mickey Mantle as this bastion of respect, and he's the guy everyone should emulate, and he used to bat flip like crazy. <laughs> I'd, I'd like him to come out and say, oh, you guys, stop pretending that I'm this boring player. I think it's awesome. That's what I want to hear. Yes, uh, Tewksbury actually tweeted... Uh... A, a whole bunch of uh, of gifts on on Twitter last week when I think it was when Gossage went all crazy um, of of Mickey Mantle like showing up umpires and flipping <laughs> his bat after like base hits 
Oh, it was, it was it was phenomenal. I would love if we could just get some kind of video package of that and just like spread it everywhere. Um, <laughs> my money would be on Kirk Gibson, I guess, because of that homer that is roughly analogous to what Jose did that game winner not to win a series, but um, to, to really Dodgers make... or Tigers? Eighty eight for the Dodgers. Oh, Dodgers, Dodgers yeah. yeah, on one leg, um, yeah. and. He had no shortage of fist pumps going around the bases. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, like, I, I would like to hear from another guy who really did get caught up in the moment. I mean, mm-hmm. that would be the one that comes to my mind. Yeah. Now, just for, for reference, obviously, this question is coming because we had yet another old Hall of Fame player speak out. This time it was Mike Schmidt. We don't need to go into this again. Just go listen to us talk about Gossett if you want to know what we think about it. <laughs> Pretty much the same response, I think, around here. We, we haven't really changed our opinion on, on them showing up uh, yeah. and shooting their mouth off. What else we got? All right, so this is from Mark Balsam at Balsam AP Boat. I don't know. Is Shapiro just making a PR move when he says he wants EE and Bautista back long term? You're supposed to cue one of us up to answer that. <laughs> oh, I'm, see, I'm, the, I'm not good at this hosting thing. Chris, go for it. <laughs> uh, well, I'm sure it's a bit of A and a little bit of B. Um, PR, sure. But does he want them long-term? Of course. Why wouldn't he? Yeah. I guess it's just again, it's all about like the semantics of long-term. What does that mean, right? Does he want them for five, six years? Probably not. Three? That's a long-term deal, isn't it? Yeah, yeah but it kind of com- comes with it, I would think. I think you know if you, you bring them in for five years, you know you know they're probably going to be bad for two, but you still want them for the first three. I think he's, uh, yeah, I, I don't think he's just trying to save face or anything else. I, I think he's absolutely wants to bring them back because they're even if they weren't his players right now, they'd still be two of the best free agents on the market this season. Because Why they're really really good. Them? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, next we have Alex Hume at Hume92. Congratulations on the move. Uh, referring to our website over to BP. Thanks, Alex. Um, a few weeks late, but thank you. Yeah, well, you know, (laughs) maybe he wasn't inspired to ask a question. If Sanchez ends up in the pen, what usage will he get? Stuck behind Storin, Osuna, and Cecil, potentially, as Alex sees it. Josh, where do you see him slotting in? Well, this is kind of the other big reason why he should start because he is behind those three guys. You know, Storin and Osuna are going to be the 8-9 right-handers regardless of whichever one gets the closer job and Cecil's the other guy in the 8th inning, right? Or 7th inning, you know? So, what, is Aaron Sanchez your 6th inning relief pitcher? It just doesn't make a lot of sense. So, if he is in the pen, I think he's... There's going to be trouble finding a lot of innings for him. Fair enough. Anything to add, Chris? I can't really add anything else to that. Yeah, perfect seemed, answer, Josh. Seemed to cover it all, and we I, we skipped over one. Here we are. Uh, yes. Who makes more starts? This is from Wheezy or WT at Wheezy T. <laughs> <laughs> who makes more starts in the American League East, Eduardo Rodriguez or Gavin Floyd? Chris, uh, Rodriguez. <laughs> is is Eduardo? <laughs> I'm sorry. The Red Sox prospect. I think he's in the rotation. I, you know, I, and Floyd is the odds of Floyd making 30 starts. I don't think so. So it's 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 Rodriguez. 
you believe in the power of Rodriguez, uh, healthy Rodriguez over a, well, healthy Gavin Floyd? I, that's not even a bet to take, is it, really? There's no such thing as a healthy Gavin Floyd. Come on. Oh, and you you thought I was hating on Sanchez when I said he didn't strike me as a quick-thinking uh, infielder. That's just not even nice. Yeah. Uh, that is all of our <laughs> questions. Nice I guess yes. so. Um, is that it? Oh, no, I have to announce the fantasy contest winner. That's right. Uh, so last week, we asked you to submit your uh, interesting uh, and or creative fantasy names in it for a chance to play with us and our co-workers at BB Toronto in an ESPN fantasy baseball league. Um, we did get a bunch of interesting and or creative responses, and we selected two winners to join us. So uh, at Blue Jay Burger... Broximo, congratulations. Your entry of Cindergarten Cop was, I believe, a unanimous selection by just <laughs> that about everybody. <laughs> I believe uh, that was our first selection, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then uh, our second selection, Phil Golubovich at Philly G, uh, brought us smoke and a pancake. Uh, spelled, of course, like our friend Justin Smoke, which I thought was enough of a Blue Jays reference to, to make it home. And uh, managed to get enough votes uh, to get in there. So, Congratulations, guys. You will be attempting to defeat, uh, is it 14 of us on staff at uh, BP? 12. 12. 12 yeah. plus 2. But I, I just want to give an honorable mention. I was a big fan of Uahara, My Sunshine. I thought that was really funny. Didn't make the top two, but I, I, you get a special shout out. I've Got the Runs was also submitted, and uh, that was probably that was probably too much, but I it made me smile, whoever you were. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness! So yeah, there was there was one of them is watch me whip, watch me nene. You missed a glorious opportunity for watch me whip, watch Mitch nene. Come on, <laughs> that was chase a, it up. That was a bit of a whiff. That's I think probably that might have been in might have been in the running had it in, included a, just that second reference. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. To be perfectly honest, this is a That's strange. That's two podcasts in a row you've had to say that. <laughs> well, yes, because last week's question. I'm still not sure what we were talking about. We got, I was expecting someone to tweet back at the pod and go, what happened? <laughs> what? Where did you go in the land of whichever? Uh, okay. That means I think it's about time to ask for a final thought from both of you. And I always ask Chris first, because I know Chris has his final thoughts usually just mm, right there. You, get, you have a final I, thought I, this week, Chris? I, I hate to disappoint you guys, but I have no final thought this week. I was on a nice little streak, but I... Uh, no. One. No, two. Did you actually have one last week? I had two in a row. Oh, my goodness. Uh, okay. I refuse to believe that. Maybe I blocked that out of my memory. <laughs> Josh, do you have a final thought? I do. This is kind of just a goopy thing. So, after today, again, this is Thursday's spring training win, the Toronto Blue Jays now, in history, are 539 wins, 539 losses, and 39 ties in spring training. This is the first time ever that they have been at 500 in spring training. That is a very strange factoid. And also, like, it's just like 39, 39, 39. Very random. Weird. We'll leave it at that. My final thought <laughs> is that John Gibbons is awesome. Um, but we all knew that. This week he is awesome because he was asked a question about... The clause in his contract that used to roll over every year where he'd get renewed for a year if he wasn't terminated by what I believe is the end of the World Series. 
Uh, he got yeah, another year. Yeah, <laughs> um, His response to reporters who were asking about that, which is, you know, really not anybody's business. He's the manager, uh, was as follows. Well, you never know when that San Antonio missions job might be open again, and I want to be in a position where I can take it if I need it. This <laughs> <laughs> is just... It's like, yeah, I, I, the opportunity to go back and manage in the middle of nowhere for a minor league, well, near home, I guess, but for a tiny little minor league team in a minor league town, it's obviously way better than this thing he's got going with this, this Toronto team. So he's leaving his options open. I just <laughs> tongue in cheek uh, every time. So I like great. the way he answers those. He's the best. Uh, so that was our final thought. And, this was the music I was going to play us out to this week. So I'm going to start it now. I'm coming home. Because. Ah, uh, it feels like 2012 all over again. <laughs> because this is an emotional song. And they put, they've cut a new commercial together today for the Jays coming back. They used this back. before and the team sucked. The song is cursed. The song cannot curse the team. Uh, uh, it's cursed. Terrible. It's a beautiful <laughs> thing. Where are you on this one, Chris? I, I'm with Josh. I, I think it's ridiculous to reuse a song, and like even if even if it was successful, I I, I don't like that. What? <laughs> what? Have you? How do you build a tradition if you don't reuse something? You don't want to build a tradition of failing. <laughs> the song didn't fail. The team failed. Oh my goodness! It's so lame and tacky to me to just like rehash a song from 2012. That's a cry and shame because like, it's going to be the song that ends the podcast this week because you can reach me at Coolhead2010. You can reach Josh at Joshua Housem. You can find Chris on the Twitter at C.W. Sherwin. Uh, we were joined this week by Jamie Campbell of Sportsnet, who, of course, you can see before the games on Blue Jays Central and in between innings with his partner, Greg Zahn. Thanks for joining us this week, and we will see you in seven days. Another night the inevitable prolongs. I'ma drown you right out. Wow. Having dreams of Ricky Romero. It's awful. To get back to the place I'm coming home. I'm coming home. I'm coming home.